welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where we work to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this season three, we focus on small and big changes that will advance our well-being, personal and professional lives. Today's episode, we discuss the power of relationships. We're asking ourselves, how do we foster and benefit from the most important part of our lives? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, Darlene. Oh, we timed it perfectly again. That makes me so satisfied. You know what I was so just... So satisfied. That's so good. And the other thing is, that music, that really just yeah. gets me in the mood for this podcast chat. <laughs> Kudos to Nick, who wrote our music. He's amazing. Um, and he just the right vibe to kind of get excited about talking about self-improvement. He's got a lot of talent, that guy. He wrote yeah. some, we found him uh, partially because he wrote some theme songs for some television shows that you've probably heard. And he's just, uh, he's got a lot of talent and he inspires us as a creator when we were coming up with this podcast, trying to decide what we were going to create ourselves as we dipped our toe in this water. It was just, uh, it was cool that he was like, yeah, do a lawyer podcast. <laughs> Let me get you some music. Music is so important. They, yesterday morning, the time change has been just bad on my in my family home and our ability to sleep. Uh, and so my son, who is six months, uh, so he woke up super early and he was just partying, like just like legs going nuts and screaming and yelling and having a good time. And uh, I wanted to get him um, calmed down. I was like, what, how do, what do we do? Like, and I just pulled out my phone, hopped on my streaming platform and put on some like background kids music. Bam, falls asleep, like almost immediately. That calming like music element did it for him. It's it, music is so powerful. And increasingly, I'm, uh, I'm understanding and believing this. I've always been a huge, huge music fan, but like, oh my goodness, what a powerful thing. So power. It's so funny you mentioned that because it's party time at my house too with daylight savings time. And for people who don't, I think daylight savings time is like a it's Canadian yeah. thing, North American. Thing. No, there's a huge, there's a lot of jurisdictions that do it. Yeah, okay. It's like a lot of Northern Hemisphere. Okay. Anyway, no. it's a real pain when you have little kids that are, you know, otherwise have a good sleep schedule. So anyway, it's a it's a bit of a bummer. But at my house, my son is obsessed with the song Old Town Road. Little Nas and my daughter's and, my daughter was too. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a big thing. Then it plays on repeat. And if I can play that thing on repeat, we can have a peaceful time around the house. Right. So <laughs> that's what was going on this morning. I probably have listened to that song 14, 15 times already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, definitely party time. Party time. And it's snowing. We it is it is becoming winter. It is winter. Yeah. Snow pants this morning for the kids. Yeah, yeah good, uh -huh. good times. We're into it. Anyway, first of all, we have to be accountable to uh, you, the listener, and follow up on our challenges from uh, the last episode. So we had to do three things. Determine the things that waste your time. Eliminate the thing that wastes your time the most. And notice when you ruminate. Uh, Darlene, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, okay. so many things waste my time. <laughs> That's the short answer. Yeah, when I you know. ask yourself this question, it's really amazing <sighs> where you're like, wow, that wastes my time. Wow, that wastes my time. And so many of the things I'm in full control of. And I, I would say from a lawyerly perspective and for any busy professional, really, 
Um, the thing that I really noticed this week is that this reactive uh, email behavior that we talked about last week, mm-hmm. what a time waster. I sometimes will be working on something, get an urgent email or something that feels pressing. Go look at that for a second. Go back to the other thing. And at the end of the day, I don't know if this happens to you, I've got like five windows open of nothing is done. And they're all in various states of response. Um, Those are on very stressful days um, where a call, for example, you're working on an agreement and a call is scheduled. So you have to do the call and then you're going to go back to the agreement. And then, you know, that what a waste of time. I don't know how to solve that problem. So I thought that maybe for our third part of the season where we talk about the productivity hacks, I would like to ask or consider if anyone knows an expert on like dealing with that type of thing in the workplace, please DM us, one of us, get us on Twitter, Instagram, and tell us who that person might be because I think it would be really interesting to know some tips on how to deal with that. Maybe other, do you struggle with that problem? Is this just me that does that? Yeah. And especially yeah, when... it's just you. <laughs> no, no, it's just you. <laughs> um, especially when you're tired. Um, I, find, I find that being tired affects it a lot. We talked about this at lunch yesterday. But this, as I said, this daylight savings things, I haven't had as much sleep this week. And I'm far more prone to be distracted by the bright, shiny email that comes through, which is uh, not good. Okay, so you, so reactive emailing, yeah. waste your time. Waste of time. Uh, you're yeah. in the process. I, I suppose you're in the process of eliminating that or, or, or working to. Yeah, just becoming aware of it was, was just like the first step. And then, you know, being aware that it's a thing that you can do or not do. And then I yeah. did, it was much better once I was like, nope, finishing this, then I will consider that. Um, and even a few times this week, I rescheduled um, things to make it possible to complete tasks. So yeah. that that's great. It's a bit of a pain for, I try not to reschedule things if I can help it. Um, but it's in service of the task of not wasting um, time and energy was great. I also replaced the news that I talked about last week where I was saying that I, I sometimes find that I get into these media phases where I'm always looking at the news and it's just a waste of time. So this week, instead of finishing work at night and then um, just going on news sites or social media or whatever, I went for a walk and I Ooh. religiously went for a walk because of the step counter that I mentioned last week. <laughs> um, but I went for a walk every night and I tried not to always be talking on the phone or um, listening to a podcast or, you know, just being quiet. And it really, yeah. really helped. And it just like felt like a positive use of my time. So I would like to keep that up. <clears throat> and on those walks, I sometimes found myself to be ruminating. <laughs> <laughs> right. When which which Sarah mentioned mm-hmm. in when we when we spoke to her about I cuz I was talking about how great showers are cuz they give you that that opportunity to chill. And she said, "Yeah, but oftentimes when people are in that situation, they they do often ruminate." Yeah. And to me, the thing that I was ruminating about was um, you know, second guessing things like yeah. should I should yeah. I what a waste of time. I wish I could stop doing that and just be like, "I just I'm just doing it." whatever the consequences, you know, deal with them uh-huh. when they happen or if they don't. So that's, that's kind of something that I, I noticed. How about you? 
Well, <laughs> this might not surprise you, um, but the I determined the thing that wastes my time the most is being on the train going into the city. Oh yes. my gosh. Oh, yikes. Um, and I do try to be efficient with it, uh, but you're, you're, you're still limited because you're on a, on a train. Uh, so uh, I have started to work toward scheduling less time uh, in the city. So my, my for example, my, my schedule for mid-November onward, um, I'm really concentrating what I'm doing in the city when I go in to, to try to stop to go in uh, as often. But some of it's unavoidable, and I'll just have to accept that. Um, and then also, yeah, I focused on uh, ruminating. It was just a useful bit to be like, oh, you're doing it, so just don't. <laughs> and largely, I think that that has been helpful and will continue to be. So there are good challenges. I think it, it for me, it, it showed that there, like no matter how much you do really work to improve your lives, there are structural things that will you know, get in the way. So me having, to, you know, we made the decision to move out of Toronto about five years ago. And with that decision comes a consequence of, of, you know, having to be stuck on the train a day or two a week, um, to go in and, and, and do work there. That's a structure in my life that I just, I can't necessarily change a lot. It does waste time, uh, but I'll do my best with it and you know, whatever. So <laughs> good challenge, useful. These things I am very glad we're doing because the having to be accountable to uh, you, the listeners, is helpful for, at least me, I can't speak for you, darling, but um, to make sure that I am practicing these things and um, thinking about them and trying to adjust uh, as I can. So this has really been good. Well, and it's so important because we're trying, you know, we're not saying we're the be all and end all. We know how to do these things. We're sort of like, okay, here are some things we're going to try. We're going to work on them. We're going to see if they are helpful. And if they are, we will share (laughs) what we've learned. Um, Very much fellow you know we're all trying to we're suggesting going on the journey i guess and then we're trying to do it ourselves yeah i am noticing real improvements though i mean even in the last and just realizing again in the first episode we talked about setting your baseline and figuring out like where am i am i happy like am i yeah am i functioning well are all of these parts of my life kind of interacting as i wish that they would and as i would hope that they would and once you start real, once you start there, you realize, no, no, there are some things that I would like to improve, even though I'm constantly trying to improve things. Um, and there are things that I've kind of put the pen down on, as I say, where I'm like right now I'm not working on that, I'm working on these other things. So it's great. What a great way to transition, darling, because we are, we have moved from that like inward looking wellness focused chapter of this season. And now we're moving to like a, a concentrated focus on how to improve our personal lives. So we're talking about relationships, finances, conflict management, like really kind of more tangible outward sort of uh, pieces. And so today we are talking about fostering and benefiting from relationships. I saw a quote that I absolutely love, and I think it might be the one like my my new favorite quote of at least this calendar quarter. Oh my God. <laughs> um, this quarter's working quote. a lot. You can time drafting a lot. Um, I to talk about quarters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. So anyway, um, this is a Harvard happiness expert, Daniel Gilbert, uh, and his quote is this: "We are happy when we have family. We are happy when we have friends, and almost all the other things we think make us happy." are actually just ways of getting more family and friends. 
which huh. is uh, perfect. I think it's absolutely perfect. It's 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 true that you want you want people close to you and you want those people to love you. And then I think that's why we get drawn to, you know, trying to have big flashy things so people will want to come and be drawn close to us. But the big flashy things don't actually provide you the happiness. It's just the relationships. Hmm. And I think that's a great way for, you know, that that Mr. Gilbert has, you know, made it so clear. Chasing the flashy stuff you think is going to get you the friends and family. But if you actually just focus on the friends and family, you have what you need. You don't have to go in this roundabout route that actually is inefficient. You also can, I don't know, sometimes if you chase the wrong thing, you attract the wrong friends too. Oh, yeah. I don't know about the wrong family. (laughs) You have the family you have. Um, But I, it is true that if you're, if you pursue sort of material things as a means to make relationships, then you get relationships with people who care about material things. And it's a little bit of a vicious cycle. Or you're, you're working counterproductively, right? Like, um, Hmm. you know, a, a professional might think I need a big house in a great neighborhood so my family is happy. Right. Uh, but then you're stuck working to pay for that big house in the great neighborhood and you don't see your family. Now, if you're focused on making your family happy, the thing that will make them happy is being with them and not necessarily having this great house in this great neighborhood. It might help. <laughs> but likely if you were to ask, you know, your partner or your child you can have me never being around or the, you know, this more modest home, which would you prefer? Um, at least what the statistics say is that uh, people would prefer you to be around. And present and, you know, having worked on the relationship yeah. throughout life. And yeah, that's, that's true. That's a good quote. I love that guy's job also. <laughs> Happiness. I know expert. he's a, the Harvard. I know. <laughs> Get out of town with that. Uh, okay. So a couple other great stats about why relationships are important. And then we're going to, we're going to kind of get a bit deeper. Um, so interesting stuff. Um, there's a relation, uh, relationship study. It focused on only men only, which is so not so good. Um, it's called the grant study. And, um, it found that the only thing that matters in life are your relationships to other people when it comes to happiness. There's an interesting one in the Journal of Social Economics, and it states that if you were to like figure out how much your relationships are worth, like <laughs> financially, relationships are worth more than $100,000, having good relationships. An interesting way to look at the financial-ish equivalent of, of having uh, good relationships. And then um, this is a great one called the Longevity Project. And it looked at, okay, people live for a long time. It, do they live for a long time because they have great relationships? And actually, so that's what they were trying to figure out. And what they found was that it's not just about having a bunch of great relationships. It's being a person within those relationships that helps others, hmm. uh, ad- advises and cares for others. And that tended to live to old or tended to uh, have people live to old age. So some uh, interesting scientific <laughs> pieces here on why relationships really are truly super important. They make us happy. They, If we do it right, we could live to a longer age because of it. Um, what a great magic pill. A magic pill. Well, and the other, yeah. the other thing is, I guess we should probably explain when we're thinking about relationships, really what we're trying to do is just say, okay, you can do all of your own personal development, but then you still are 
both affected by the people that you are surrounded with, and then you affect them as well. But like to your point about the, the, the value of relationships, how you can realize that it's not all about like one person. It's not me. It's the, you know, the good fortune that I have to be surrounded by so many wonderful people, you know, and that's just, and thinking of those people as not just like, oh, they'll be there no matter how hard I work or, you know, what choices I make or how bad my behavior is. It's like, no, no, they're there. They're part of this. They're part of my success. They're part of who I am. They're part of what I do. And I need to honor those relationships somehow. So that's that's why I kind of thought this was like the fifth episode for us in this season. So I think focusing on what relationships do for us, humans are social animals. It gives us that needed sense of belonging, um, you know, a mirror perhaps to see ourselves back um, and a way to feel like we're part of something more than just going to the office uh, every day and plugging away. In my case, as you can tell, at drafting agreements, mm-hmm. uh, as I have been doing it a lot this week. Um, it is it, why it, it is the essence of, of, of life. Um, so what, what, Darlene, would you say that relationships do for you? The thing that I most get from my relationships, I mean, support, massive. I have good friends in my circle who will say to me, no to that thing. <laughs> and like, good job on, you know, a lot of my friends are like, great pod. In the early days, I have one friend who was like, love the podcast. Actually, I have two friends who are like, love the podcast, keep doing it right when we most needed to hear that, you know, when you're just starting a creative project, it's vulnerable. That kind of thing is just I don't know what the value that is. I think it's more than $100,000 a year. Um, And then I would say the other thing is just to bring it back to something fun outside work that, you know, you're not always talking about work. You're not always doing responsible things. You've (laughs) go. (laughs) What do you do with your friends? (laughs) Well, you know what I'm when I say responsible things. Oh my god! If, You're doing irresponsible things, I suppose. If you saw us out, my group of friends, uh, we would look highly responsible. We was, <laughs> I, I believe that. Um, but I meant like not thinking about household responsibilities is more what I meant. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, that's very fun. Taking a step back, we've established relationships are important. We've talked about what they do for us, all these great things that we gobble up from our relationships. But what is the key to relationships really is being somebody who also gives, like doesn't doesn't just take. Um, and this needs to be, I think, in our world and being our world, quote unquote, being like we're we're our professional people that have demands uh, in our professional world. We have demands um, outside of that. Many of those are about servicing and making sure our relationships are are good. And so what is the best way to approach that? Do we need to be strategic in thinking about how do we best service our relationships? Um, Do we need to apply things that we've learned that are more traditional in the professional space into the relationship space? Darlene, you're the expert. You are the guru. (laughs) Absolutely not. I am as uh, I am definitely just trying to always just improve. I would say the thing is, I guess that it's a feedback loop. Like when I say that relationships for me are about growth, um, I learn so much from the people that are around me. Um, and I try to always use interactions for helping me and helping them. And at the end of the day, I hope that that works. And if it doesn't, I think 
in any in any one situation, it still is the approach. And I, I have found in my long years <laughs> that the approach does most of the time work. You know, and it's 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 important. It's worth it. Right? Like good good actions have, have some halo effects and bad actions have halo effects too that are that are negative. So Halos just like bottom halos, not top halos. Like bad halos? <laughs> like, bad, like a weight, <laughs> like a really heavy halo around your foot. Like halo. a puddle? I don't know, something other than a halo. Anyway, but yeah, that's kind of my take. I'm interested in your take since you're one of the people in my uh, in my circle here. By nature of just us having to do this podcast, having, the, by nature of us doing this, excitedly doing this podcast, <laughs> choosing every day, waking up and saying, we What shall we podcast about? Uh, yeah. Um, no, but I think that I benefit greatly from the exchange that we have of ideas of how to self-improve. And, and I think that this whole thing that we have started with the podcast and you were obviously doing for many years before and something I've just recently come along to, this whole idea of making yourself better. And if it even starts at like, I need to get better at work, I just find that so many of the same practices make you better in your personal life and make your relationships mm-hmm. better. So I've been focusing a lot on how I can like maintain the right amount of energy for the day. Like and not crash, and because I used to have huge energy crashes at at certain points in the day, largely um, right when like I put the pen down at the end of the day at work, and then boom, and and that had a couple problems because I was headed down energy from probably like noon onward at work, but also then I'm tapped out by the time I get home and spend time with my family or friends, mm-hmm. um, and that has a negative obviously effect on my relationship. I can't be as good of a giver in that situation. And so by focusing on maintaining full energy throughout the day and the things that I have to do to get myself there, I have solved, well, I'm not, no, I haven't solved it. And like, it's not perfect, but like I've gotten better at having full energy throughout the workday, but then also just keeping a great level of energy during my times that I'm not working. And that's been great. Well, I was just going to say what's so heartening for me to hear about that, though, is that it's because it's a focus, right? It's like you're trying to have equal energy for family and work. That's why you're doing it. And I think you can burn like a whole decade of not doing that and thinking that it's okay to have lots of energy for work. And of course, you're too tired to be nice to your family. But I think that that's like, certainly that's part of my intent. But I think you could actually... If you were just a person that like came into reading about your being a better professional, being like high, being a high performer at work only, you're going to, there'll be great spillover effects as well. So I I mean, like everybody has their different priorities and that, and so I just think the nice thing is like self-improvement is self-improvement full stop and that it, it can actually have spillovers into so many places. Obviously we're talking about relationships today. And so that's why I'm, I'm giving that example, but I've just been really excited by that thing that like, Oh, I didn't even think that this would be a positive result, but because I'm moving toward a positive uh, place in a different area of my life, I'm getting this secondary kind of positive result, um, which has been great. Which has been good. Well, and as you go through the process, the final thing I would say on this is that there is this great quote that says you are 
uh, I'm going to always get it wrong. What you eat? Is it you are what you eat? No, similar to that. <laughs> but you are um, basically the best of the five top people you hang out with, effectively. So if the five people you see most are really low energy, you will have a really hard time breaking free into like a high performance, authentic lifestyle. It's very challenging to do that if you're constantly surrounded by people who don't support you, you know, have different goals. So, you know, becoming mindful back to Sarah Robertson's um, points, being mindful of these things and the impact and, you know, whether you're that low energy person to someone else too, by the way, it's not all about like ourselves. Anyway, that that's one thing just to consider. Well, this, no, I think that brings an an interesting point that you and I have have differed on a bit, and I think I'm I'm more on your side than I was from the outset because we talked about like being really intentional with your relationships and who you surround yourself with, how you how you kind of govern your relationships, like 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 kind of focusing on outcomes. And I, at first, I was really just like I, as I said, I like to just like go and hang out with my friends and talk about nothing and not drive to like a specific you know efficiency or something but what i'm now realizing is the outcome i want is the fun and laughter so mm-hmm. i really am driving to an outcome yeah. what i'm saying is darlene as always you're right i i was not right <laughs> i don't know that that's <laughs> and, true i think you're just at a different but, stage of i think you become more demanding about these things as you get older and have less no i'm totally there with you too i just think i think that uh, when we first had the conversation obviously outside of the podcast about like you need to make sure that your friendships are serving you in this certain way, not serving, but like you're getting what you need from your relationships in this certain way. I was really hesitant to accept that idea. But what I've now realized is that I was just looking at it, not at outcome, but at like the process getting to the outcome. And I was just like, I just like this process. So why do I have to dictate outcome? And now that I'm seeing that they're one and the same. So um, but I, I'm in the same place. I mean, I, I don't have enough time to see all the people that I would love to see and spend time with the people I want to see. So when you do it, um, you want it to be fruitful. And I think that's a good point. The way that you that you get that fruit is by planting them seeds, <laughs> watering them, them plants, and then tending to them. So I think that like at our age, we have largely have seeds planted we've been watering it and giving it sun and whatever. And now it's, we still have to tend to the garden and you know, I love being mm-hmm. a gardener in many ways, um, but you have to tend to the garden, serve your relationships and, and figure out what, how you should shape them to make sure that everybody is, is getting what you need from them. Um, yeah. So what should our challenge be this week? Our challenge I think should be, and the mind's already, I already have, this is a bit selfish because I have a thing that I'm planning to do. <laughs> You're multitasking so, the challenge? But I haven't done it yet. Okay. I haven't done it yet. So, um, but it's in my head. I'm ruminating okay, on good. it. Okay, uh, good. Not ruminating. I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm excited about this idea. So I think that the challenge is, um, like, think about a, a thing in, in, in your life as it, as it pertains to relationships that is missing. Like something that you would like to uh grow encourage or you know make new in your in your life uh, in your relationship with a person or a relationship with your community um what's missing and then what can you what what can you do to change that like is there 
something you could implement? Is there something you can do to fill the hole, right? Uh, does that make sense? Yes, it's good. Okay. Okay. I'm very excited to talk next week about my new idea okay. um, uh, in this space. Right. Okay. So we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we will discuss our goods and gripes. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things that we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. Uh, can I just say before I, I turn to you, Darlene, I listen to that ad as I always do during the ad break. What a uh, buttery voice I deliver that ad with. The Lower Life Podcast is brought to you. Interrelling a Very, um, it's very buttery. It's like, I, I had not thought of the term buttery, but I do appreciate the, uh, to appreciate it. It feels it is quite buttery. <laughs> it As feels it was, like if I had a twin, that's how my twin would totally. Sound. He'd be very formal and he'd wear suits. You're more buttery twin. Yeah, it's very nice to meet you. Hello. Well, as we heard yesterday from feedback from a listener, you're mesmerizing. Your voice is mesmerizing. So that's perhaps yeah, they a, meant what the a word ad to use. or just generally. <laughs> mesmerizing. Do you know the origin of that word? Mesmer? No. Who is like a hypnotist? Oh. Like figured out hypnotism or something. What or a something random like fact! Constantly surprised me it from university. <laughs> That's super <laughs> random. Why don't, in honor of your buttery voiced ad, why don't you go first today? Which is yes. unusual. Okay, darling, I'll uh, mention my good and my grand. <laughs> <laughs> my good, actually, uh, I think he has a good voice. Somebody with a good voice. I just, I've watched the first half of the Seth Meyers his new comedy special, mm. Lobby Baby. Holy smokes. Laugh out loud, Ryan. Okay. Having a great What's time. What's it called? I, Lobby Baby, because it's about how uh, he and his wife, and he goes through this in the, in the uh, uh, special, but his wife, they've had two children. She's birthed two children, and she gives birth to kids super fast. And by result, her second kid was born in the lobby of their apartment building. Uh, and it's a very amusing story. And they have two boys, and they're happy and healthy. Um, but he called it Lobby Baby because of that uh, experience, which he does a great job of delivering and giving all credit to his amazing wife, who, as he mentions, oh, I won't spoil any other jokes, but he mentions that he, he didn't like have really help much in this hyper-fast birthing process, that she, quote, lying kinged her own baby. She, like, basically caught her own baby and then raised it above her head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you for the so, recommendation because i as you know great. barely ever watch things on netflix but i always take your comedy suggestions because i love watching comedy specials i just don't have the oh, patience to find out if they're actually funny like to watch them and yeah, decide i like great. to know beforehand that they're really funny it also this is like a lot of comedy specials have like dips ups and downs or start slow or something he goes he starts and he goes and it's just like it's really great. The pacing is perfect. Um, super fun. My gripe is, I don't know. I had two. I'll, I'll, I'll just say 
one briefly and then I'll use the other one. Um, phone zombies, these people who just like stop in the middle of walking somewhere because they're on their phone and they're all of a sudden distracted. I, I, it's happened to me this weekend. It's just that griped me up. I was so gripey. Uh, but the other main gripe, and we talked about this, rude lawyers. Holy smokes. Can we just be nice and civil? Don't yell. Just yelling. This, yeah, I had a... Anyway. Mm-hmm. Don't yell is the rule. Be a nice person. Even if we have to negotiate with each other, just don't yell. It's hilarious to me why people think that that's a useful device. But goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. That's my <laughs> Goodness gracious. Get out of town. We love the yelling. And it, uh, it definitely, I think in Canada, it's very rare to have yelling on any call for any reason. So I do think it's a culture. Which thing. I agree with and accept. And maybe this person was not from Canada. Let's <laughs> okay. just say that. All right. Well, I don't have a gripe this week, um, per se. Well, I had two, so yeah, perfect. You double griped, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. I um, but I do have a good, and this is a music-related good. I love Michael Kiwanuka. He is just mm. the ultimate weekend morning listen. He's a, like a soul, um, I don't know. It's hard to define his music. But anyway, he I saw him years ago when he was just starting out. He had won the Mercury Prize, I think, in, in London or in England. Um, and just an awesome throwback to old soul music. If you are, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of like Otis Redding and old, old soul yep. stuff. Yep. Um, and his music is just from another era, it feels like, but it's got Danger Mouse as the producer. So it's also got a really modern feel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, wonderful. So wonderful that I have actually purchased tickets to see him in concert uh, with a good friend of mine. And we are going to brave the winter down by the waterfront to see him play in February. So that is how much I like him. Wait, it's not outdoors. No, but you have to go down to the waterfront, which I always find to be like so cold. (laughs) (laughs) It's not outdoors. It's in an indoor venue that you have to... In the darkness of winter. You're going to take like... Going out at seven or eight at night into like, you know, the freezing cold. Is it a school night? It's like a Tuesday night. Oh yeah, that's a that's this a is big a big commitment. commitment, and he probably won't come on until yeah. like ten, and you know. Um, yeah. So I just have nothing but wonderful things to say about this album. He has a new album; it's out just recently, and then his other albums from before that are awesome as well. So you Insta storied about it on the Interalia. If you only um, knew how many times Instagram I wanted to post about music on the Interalia Insta story. <laughs> I have so many album covers saved as um, things that I'm listening to, but it's really not the the place for all of it. But since I don't waste my time and energy on personal social media, that's the only place that it can go. So lovely album. Highly recommend. Cool. Okay, great. Well, great chat as always. Um, Very grateful for this relationship that we have not only with you, Darlene, but the listener. Uh, and uh, let's continue to uh, um, tend to that garden of relation. Wait, no, wait. Tend to that garden of... No, wait. I'm trying to do my buttery voice. <clears throat> I don't think you can duplicate it. Tend to that garden of relationship. <laughs> that was like your movie voiceover voice. Oh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. That could be another... In a world. That could be your third career. <laughs> Where relationships... Lawyer, podcaster, okay. voiceover artist huh i mean i'll take it give me the work anyway 
We will talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.